0: Hello, buddy. Welcome to cow daily. Um, this is Wednesday. Um, I don't even know the date. You'll probably find out why in a minute. Um, I wrote something this morning about bereavement and quite often people will talk about it. Like after the fact, like when they're not experiencing it's like impact or, or not. So what I wrote about this morning was the fact that, um, my friend, he died, um, three and a half years ago. And, um, out of nowhere last night, I, um, just burst into tears and I cried for like three hours. Um, I've had about two hours sleep. I mean, this is supposed to be my day off air, like where I do office work and stuff. But what I want to do is actually talk about it while it's happening. Um, I don't really see people do that so much. I think, or maybe I've just missed it and people do. Whatever, it's not important. Um, so that's what I'm I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a just turning this on and speaking, and I'm gonna upload it, and maybe it'll help people, maybe it won't, I don't know. Um, but this is why I'm here. Um obviously it's dead easy to get up here and paint on a fake smile, isn't it? Quite often that's how people do the thing and then they go off and cry privately and all of that and I think especially for us as men um I mean this impacts everybody but I want to highlight men specifically because I am one um we bury things so much man and it's so bloody toxic to use the phrase toxic masculinity whatever you want I never really knew what that meant until I went through trauma um because this Breedman not my first rodeo um you know, it started like maybe two, I think it was 2010 when my friend hung himself um, in that time period since there was another friend. He got murdered, um, lost a friend to cancer. Um, I've lost family members throughout that period too, aunties, uncles. At one time, I had a season ticket for Saltwell Crematorium and Gateshead like one year. Went there so many times, just never stopped. And I think partly what um, happened last night and continues to happen right now, because, you know, I've had a couple of hours sleep and I'm just, I could end up just bursting into tears at any point here. But I thought I'd show up um, because I read all of your comments in the thread. um, And if I haven't replied to them, don't think that I don't value them. I do. It was just getting heavy going trying to reply to everybody. So one of the reasons I'm here is this is my reply to everybody thank you for your um contributions and what a reason I write these things and do I'm doing this now is I do not want you to feel like you're on your own with with stuff um I know I'm not like based on the responses from you and um it's why I felt like I needed to be here today and and speak on this like as a man because quite often there's and certainly in Britain there's this whole like stiff upper lip stoicness that shit will get you killed you want to bury this kind of stuff as men right watch what happens to you because and i know this because i did it and um until i access counseling probably it was a year after the first bereavement when my friend hung himself i was like a stone man i was like going out drinking and like really really making a fucking right clip of myself you know and, uh, a lot of it was down to like, just repressing how I felt like the anger that I felt around the bereavement and the counseling side of it. I mean, it was kind of ironic really, cause I'm a qualified counselor. And if there's any other counselors out here, we're really shit at this, when it comes to ourselves, aren't we? But we're amazing when it's other people like we're really good at helping others, aren't we? Um, but not the greatest and getting the support to supervision and disclosing how we're feeling and all of that stuff so I think to be authentic in life you can't just step up when times is good I think you have to step up when times is hard too and you have to put an authentic face my you probably can't say past me glasses but my eyes are like piss holes in the snow from lack of sleep um but the world keeps going on. You see me dog's behind there. I've got this ill dog with a cone of shame on his head there. And he's Christmas jumper as well. Um, and I've got to look after them. And the world's got to go on. So I have to, to keep turning up and doing those things. And I think when all this bereavement cycle stuff started, like, 10 years ago and whatever, I, um, as I say, I buried it. But I also, um, I took time off work. But I think it ended up just being, like, really chaotic because I didn't have as much structure. So I just, I've just i decided not, not to do that again and not just put my head under a pillow. Um. So I've turned up and done this because I think I need this. And I'm not saying this is for everybody and you should always just turn up no matter what. You do you and you do what you need. But I think, I'm not even sure if I need this, you know, but, like, I feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, so this is why i'm here like talking about it there's no real plan i've got a couple of slides um, just what i want to illustrate something from a theoretical perspective later on um yeah i'm not good today and it's because of being hit like a fucking train wreck last night and um, by this i just out of nowhere um saw my partner actually about how proud i am of pickers and you know the lad who comes on the postie with me um, Brian and Pickers were really close. Pickers is as close to Brian as I was. And uh, Brian's that lad who who I was talking about who died three and a half years ago. And he just reminds us of the crack that we used to have. And I think that's like being a bit of a trigger because, you know, it's I suppose, out of sight, out of mind a lot of the times. And sometimes that can be good because it means we can get on and get on with life in some respects. But we should also be really mindful that like, um, Recovery is not a straight line. There's peaks and there's troughs, and sometimes things can just get you later. Um, I didn't think I was repressing a lot, but I think one of the problems, like this far into bereavement, like um, that people don't want to like talk about it anymore, so they they've kind of moved on. Whereas, like you, you, sometimes you haven't. So you get this like bottleneck of emotion and with nowhere to go i realize i've been getting quite angry lately um and that's often a tell that something's like under the surface um so i just want to kind of explore that because with men it can be really men especially like mixed with testosterone and sometimes drink i mean i don't drink anymore i gave up drinking a, a while ago you know um, one of the reasons was just, um, my own mental health. And I think it's, it's detrimental to it. Um, I don't think I can be as happy as I need to be if I drink alcohol. Um, it's all right when you're doing it, it's just the after bit. And especially as being 45, it now, it takes ages to get over like the hangovers, like not just the physical side, but also the mental side as well. It just proper knocks us just bandy, you know? So the anger side of it, right? Um, I think it's like repeated traumas as well it's such so complex like when you're constantly traumatized like when I spoke to a counselor they like basically said I like had or maybe still have like a form of PTSD and they likened it to um like when you when somebody goes to war they just see like repeated trauma repeated like horror and eventually it just changes them I guess now i've not experienced it like of late like i used to nowhere close to be honest and i'm not even really sure where that's a thing that still like affects us so much i think and often i tell of, tell with that is anxiety and depression symptoms like ahead of some kind of like like mental break or something with the ptsd and that's just not a feature of my my life really anymore because i've like done a lot of things i've lost 50 pounds in weight i feel much healthier my self-confidence as a result is hu- hugely better um i've removed caffeine because that was a problem for anxiety for me um i've stopped drinking as i've said um i don't smoke shit weed anymore just the good stuff <laughs> but you know that like take that or leave it i can't really talk about that on here but um just been a lot of changes that i have made so i really don't think it's anything as deep as like sort of like a trauma response i think it's just um i was just ready to come out last night three hours man i was just like sniffling into my pillow later on and that i just couldn't sleep because i was so keyed up and here i am two hours sleep later in it so you show up for me or like every day and I just felt like given the responses and the kindness that were shown to us today, which has meant the world to us, I needed to show up for you. Um and all of you that I just hadn't got the energy to reply to, like you know, or the thumb power um to reply to um by in the written form. So this is me replying to everyone is thank you for for giving us a bit of a lift on a Shitty ass day. I was gonna say dark day, but I don't feel too dark. I feel a bit purged from all of the sort of crying and stuff. And I think it's like been you know, a really healthy thing. So, like you know, if you've got men in your life or, or you are that man, let let it out. Just on a physiological level, right? You you like tears have a purpose. It's like a, you flush your system out of a, um, a lot of different hormones and chemicals, but one in particular, the stress hormone which is cortisol. It's it's a way to just kick the cortisol out of your system. Um, and it's a really positive thing to let that out. Um, clearly there was a lot of cortisol in my system and I have been under a lot of stress recently as well. And I think that's probably what's like brought this up to the surface as well. Um, the stress being around, um, you know, obviously I was long-term ill for a long time, as you know, a lot of you know um for a variety of reasons and all that was going on whilst I was like being repeatedly traumatized through bereavement so I'm really spoke about the bereavement side of it very much on as much as I've spoken about the spinal surgery and the sort of long COVID shingles type of thing that and I think probably that especially with the, the stress factor of it I think that was a probably a factor alongside the sort of viral stuff with how why I was like splattered so hard for a year with that kind of viral shingles type thing um that seems to be my rear view mirror now i mean i'm able to get up here and do this i mean just on a physical level i'm able to sit in a seat from the spinal surgery which i couldn't do for a long time you know um and able to sit here for a while to able to be productive again and it's why i don't want to waste it and why i want to just be here if i can and just build this thing because i know that it means a lot to you, and it, it means a lot to me to be able to do this and you've enabled me to be able to do this um i had no plan for this i'm just talking <laughs> um yeah so yeah i've got some a couple of slides and i just want to illustrate something right a lot of the times this is the kubler ross elizabeth kubler ross stages of grief cycle that some of you might have heard like People have mentioned cruise bereavement. You'll probably get something like this in your welcome pack. When you, when you go, I've been to cruise bereavement myself. I went after uh, Brian died, went for, um, about a year. Yeah, uh, I went, I, I like, they gave us a lot more sessions actually, because I'd had so many bereavements in a row. It was quite, quite a complex one. So I got more than the six sessions, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so the normal function, as it says at the stage of the grief here, yeah, just for the um audio files. <laughs> um, it says shock and denial, which is obviously when you first find out, uh, avoidance behaviors, you're confused. Um, you experience fear and numbness and sometimes blame can start. Um, yeah, all of them, all of them things. Um, and then the downward sort of spiral is illustrated here happens that you, you transition into anger, frustration, anxiety, irritation, you can feel embarrassment and shame um like we're, sometimes in that stage we're going to be quick to like blame ourselves even though we were not to be blamed and I have this like horrible like ancestry of Irish Catholicism and on one side of my family and the fucking shame and guilt that that's just built in there I mean it can just make you believe all kinds of shit. Um, So one of the things that I've tried to do was remove that shit from my my soul, never mind my head. Um, And then here it goes on, depression and detachment, and that's according to Kubler-Ross, the bottom end where you hit rock bottom in the cycle. You become overwhelmed. Um, She says, blahs here, whatever that that means. Blah, blah, blah. Lack of energy, helplessness, totally. That was all happening for me. Um, Continues to sometimes, it will come onto that. According to Kubler Ross, the upcycle will start. So uh, you'll dialogue and bargaining. So you'll start reaching out to others. Your desire to tell your story, uh, struggle to find meaning for what has happened, and then it goes up to acceptance, exploring options, a new plan in place, return to a meaningful life. Hooray! Empowerment, security, self-esteem, and meaning. This theory is all well and good, right? And it can act as a, a sort of a kind of a guide, right? But in reality, this is what happens. For audio people, um, on the left is the gra- a version of the graph that I've just read out. On the right, um, it's just lots of squiggly lines with anger, Bogman, denial, acceptance, of depression. It's like a bloody merry-go-round or a heat map of a dodgem where you just bang into things. And um, It'd be lovely if you had the, mapped, the Kubler-Ross map for the territory and that applied to all, but it just doesn't. And I, what I found is, like, I would start at, like self-analyze too toxically and think I'm really behind here. Why on like on this next phase and the next phase? The reality is, right, Bremen is very complicated and it's very individual to each one of us. So please, when you see these things, are you given these things? Please do take them as what what they are, which is a guide. And understand that recovery isn't a straight line. Sometimes it isn't even like a roller coaster. Sometimes it's like that heat map on the right, and it's just a bunch of squiggles that you go around in circles, and quite often, if you don't like um, authentically le- like let people know who you are or say, like, "Yeah, I'm struggling," then you will absolutely fucking torture yourself because you will go around that loop and around that loop. And one of the ways out is to disclose how you're really feeling. And it's what I want to do today in the moment, like three and a half years on from the the bereavement that fucked me up last night. um, Three and a half years later, man. And it's still hitting us. Um, and the reason being is it's like something that I hadn't really even spoke to my partner about until last night. Um, Every day, because my, the way I speak, the 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 banter that me and Brian used to have, and the way we could make each other laugh like no other, how he got us, how I got him, how we understood each other, how we would speak to each other most days on the phone, even if it's just to like do a mad Chewbacca impression and then hang up. Especially I loved doing that when he was in the car with work and he had clients with him, <laughs> which he didn't always like, but he always th- thought it was hilarious you do shit like that to me when I was in public it was just part of it makes us smile still to this day it's the knowing that that's never going to happen again ever that's not happening again and I'm trying to accept that you know like that's hard to accept though isn't it um yeah it's just hard to accept so the the stages of grief as I say i more like this one here on the right. Squiggly motherfucking lines cycling between depression, anger, bargaining, denial, and acceptance, and they're never in order, and you think you've accepted it, and you're moving on, and you're looking at the graph on the left and thinking, yes, I'm there, and then you just go bang, straight back through the floor. And I just refuse to pretend that we're not, like, certainly as men, like, suffering with this shit. I mean, there's people in the thread as well saying that, like, you know, they've never, like, sort of really faced what's happened and and stuff. And I want to step up for you as well. Like, I want to show you that, like, a lot of people perceive me as being very strong and all that. And I am. Absolutely am. I know that about myself. Um, I have a bomb-proof head. And part of that is being honest And part of that is being able to do this when I could cry any minute because I know that a lot of people who talk about this mental health stuff are full of fucking shit. They're like, guys, this is how I fixed myself. And fucking guys, guys, fucking guys. And, like, dude, (laughs) like a lot of these things, it's it's never going to be over, man. And the pain never leaves. We just learn to cope. And that's still really powerful, man. And in some respects, I don't want the pain to fully leave because it kind of like it's weird and fucked up. But it just reminds us of like he's still here, you know. I, 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 and I know he's not. It's just like I would speak to him most days, you know. And now I can't. and It just got us. It's getting us now. And I just don't want this to be real, but it is. And I have to accept it. So part of my acceptance is, is doing this. And just making it real. <laughs> Three and a half years later. I fucking miss him so much. Um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say. Um, I would take your comments and that, but like, I think the best thing I can do is just get a bit of self-care down. As And I think, you know, maybe it's a night's sleep and we'll see. I don't know what I need yet. Why well, I do, I want to speak to Brian, but I can't. So I'm going to start with a bath and nice walk with the dogs and just see where we'll go from there. And hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. If I don't, I'll let you know and maybe I'll need a day or maybe I'll need some more time and I'll take it because i'm over the guilt and everything else you know but yeah i will like you find this valuable that it's happening now and it's not some kind of like fucking abstract thing we're all human beings and yeah i just wanted to show up for you like you show up for me so i have see you later Don't worry about it. I'm I'm fine. This is part of being fine. So this isn't something you should worry about. This is real and authentic and normal. And we should normalize this. And that's why I'm here because we have to normalize this shit, especially as men. So, lads, to you, fucking. I know people say talk. Please talk about it and that. And sometimes, like, it's really the hardest thing you'll do is make that first step. But just refer yourself to Cruise or whatever it is and start the process. It's the reason I've got the tools that I can sit here and do this because of cruise bereavement care and how much they really helped. So, um, yeah, off to the bath, have a dog walk, change my clothes, have a shave, do all the self care things. I know to do and then get this uploaded and hopefully just crack on get a good night's sleep tonight. All the best to you as I see you later.